Wheel of Time Turns and Ages Come and Pass, Leaving Memories That Become Podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread, where we're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 33 through 38 of The Dragon Reborn, book three of The Wheel of Time. So, last time. So previously, Egwene went on a dream quest, and then the Armalyn seat proved that she's just as bad at this spy shit as Nynaeve is. Uh, Matt gets a heroic quest, but instead spends the evening cheating a bunch of poor workers out of all their money. Uh, but Tom's back, which is nice, uh, just in time to see Matt go on a murdering spree. Right. Which he does. On a boat. Yeah, he murders everybody on the boat. Pretty much. So, chapter 33. Within the Weave. With the icon of the Wheel of Time. We see a lot of this icon lately. Yeah. I guess it's like the Dream World has the Wheel of Time symbol. I thought, no, I thought the Dream World was that we actually had the ring, right? Isn't that what we're using? That's when she, you're using the ring. Oh, okay. But, uh, so Perrin and his team are traveling along. And uh, throughout this chapter, Perrin sees some odd things. Like he sees a dog's footprint in a stone. Kind of sinister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they pass a bunch of towns and it's all chaos. Yeah. Like, Rand is just like tovering the fuck out of shit. Yeah. Everything <laughs> is going crazy in Rand's wake. The town folk are not doing great. Uh, they are not. They're, they're like refugees from the, the chaos of Rand's passing, except for that one where they found a bag of gold. <laughs> that was pretty good. And the other one where they have a well, but he, I guess the, he stole the water from some other well or something. <laughs> yeah. And we get a little bit of cosmology as they travel. Uh, and Moraine makes clear to Perrin that the pattern is not good or evil. The pattern weaves both good and evil into the tapestry. Mm-hmm. So that's why some of these things that are happening to these people are, are evil. Yeah, it's crazy. One of the towns, the mayor digging a new privy behind his house had found rotted leather sacks full of gold. No one in this town recognized the fat coins with a woman's face on one side and an eagle on the other. While Rain said they had been minted in Manetherin, which is coming up mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, well, they're close to Manetherin. I think this land actually was Manetherin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the the river there near is the Manetherin Drell, I think is what yeah. it's called. Yeah. It's, and so this is a little weird to me. Did did Rand put those bags there with his tavern powers? I think they were just there. So he just happened to be there, and they only found it because that's what he I'm thinking. Through? I sus- I suspect that it's kind of hard to differentiate. Like I, I think things just like bend and warp. So maybe. Maybe the coins appeared there, or maybe that they moved. Or did the pattern like fill in a bunch of history that led to the coins being there? Pattern does that shit, man. That's I'm, what Tavarin is. I mean, there's a bunch of shit just lying around, I guess, from the last Age of Legends or That's whatever. True, yeah. So, yeah. Besides, his passing was written a thousand years ago, and it's happened, and it'll happen again, probably. Know, yeah, it's true. And we don't know, maybe, like, when you dig privies, it's pretty common to find bags of gold. <laughs> That's why the mayor was digging another privy. <laughs> it's like, last time this worked, so... <laughs> so they reached the town of Remen, finally, which I kept reading as Ramen, Ramen me every too. time. Yeah. Me too. It looks very close. <laughs> At the, and so this rip, the this town is actually at the Menethrendrel. It's a They're going here because it's a ford, or not a ford, a ferry. Across the Menetherindrel, mm-hmm. which is a really long name for a river. It is. And they're they're in this town, and Perrin smells something bad. Uh, but he doesn't tell Moraine about it, because he hasn't learned his lesson. Yeah. he's mm-hmm. Well, okay, so what, what he... And he knows it's not... Uh, he knows it's not a... a twisted one. A twisted one. Or, or neverborn. Never yeah. <laughs> he's really mad at himself. No, no, it's not a neverborn. Because uh, he's using his wolf language, right? Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's what the wolves call him. Um, but that, I mean, that leaves a few things. It could be a solace. could be Rand. You know, maybe Rand's starting to smell funny because he's yeah, all right. corrupted. Mm-hmm. And uh, they see in the town center a man sitting in a cage, which sucks. Which is something men saw. 
It is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is, this is the mind-bending part, right? Would Perrin have reacted the way he did if men didn't tell him that he was associated with a man in a cage somehow? Yeah, that's true. Like the Matrix or whatever. And I noticed it's like this, Harry Potter. In this town, uh, they Moraine hides her face in this town. This is a big town, so this crosses the threshold for where she stops using her name and she hides her face so people won't realize she's an Aes Sedai and all mm-hmm. that. Do you think it's based on the size of the town, or do you think it's regional? Like there are areas where she wouldn't want to be recognized. I wasn't sure. I thought maybe it's a place where it's cosmopolitan enough that they would know what an Aes Sedai looks like. Yeah, because they knew that they knew that Loyal was an Ogier. Yeah, and they weren't, like, shocked or anything. Yeah. They just, they thought it was cool. That's a good point. In fact, they had uh, uh, Ogier furniture in the... In the oh, yeah, they did. So they go to the inn, Wayland's Forge, uh, and they find out the man in the cage is an isle, and he was caught by some horn hunters that were passing through. Uh, and they tell this uh, story about how there were 12 of them, and they got jumped by 20 isle. Right. And they killed them all. Uh-huh. Sounds uh, like a little, like, bullshit. Yeah, yeah does not sound very true and these horn hunters i found these guys actually pretty entertaining because they're so full of themselves yeah then they're like oh yes and then we we knew there was nothing for it but we had to charge and we lost many good men that day but (laughs) we did what we had to do uh lan also doesn't buy it uh he 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 seems as if he's about to call him out and he's like fuck it it's not worth it (laughs) yeah (laughs) he kind of seems that way about everybody all the time though right like, mm. All these people are full of shit. It's like a coin flip. He's like, do I kill him? No, right, keep <laughs> right. going. He's like, I'd have to kill everybody in the inn, then I'd have to kill everybody in the town, then I'd have to get that guy down on the cage and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so he just decides it's not worth the hassle and <laughs> goes about his business. Yeah. Yeah, actually, Lan, Lan is kind of needling the guy. Yeah. So uh, before they go to bed, Perrin spots a woman watching him. Not watching the others, watching him. Mm-hmm. Nice. Got a secret admirer. Ooh la la. Yeah. Uh, I want to point out, innkeeper. Is plump, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so he's a fat innkeeper, but no white apron. Well, all these people are wearing their fanciest clothes because they're hanging out with the horn hunters or something. That's, I'm not entirely I, sure why. I was wondering if that's an excuse. Like, if the innkeeper is in fancy dress, does he still have to wear the white apron to be good, or mm-hmm. is he is he still evil? Because I, I mean, the jury's still out on whether this guy is good or evil yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. Until like, we see his apron, we won't know. I certainly yeah. don't trust him. I've, we've seen a lot of merchants in really fine dress who are all dark friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'd say it's 50-50. Yeah. So, chapter 34. A different dance. Uh, another icon of the Wheel of Time. So the innkeeper tells them of a man proclaiming to be the dragon in Gaeldon, which they immediately figure out is Masima. Masima has gone super crazy. Yeah, he's yeah. doing like hype man for Rand, I guess. Yeah, going out and being the prophet of the dragon, which is... Dumb. Suboptimal. Like, that's not a good thing, right? Like, yeah. he's not helping. Well, I mean, maybe but maybe Rand needs, like, a horde of religious followers. Maybe that would help. Do you think Masima is the kind of guy who could drum up a bunch of followers? We're going to find out. There's yeah. crazy fanatics everywhere. That's a good point. Yeah. And so Perrin has been avoiding sleep this entire time because he's a dumbass. Because he's like, oh, if I go to sleep, then the wolves are going to, like, you know, make yeah. me friendly with them again. <laughs> yeah. But then my sweet-ass wolf powers are going to come out. Yeah, so he's, like, sleep-deprived this whole time. Ugh. Also, he's really mean to Loyal. Is he? A little bit. Loyal's like, oh, check out this, like, sweet Ogier bed. And and, and Perrin's like, yeah, yeah, fine, you know. <laughs> and, and Loyal's like, oh, I thought it was cool. Yeah. And Perrin's like, clearly you did. 
<laughs> it is pretty cool. Like a, a sweet osier bed that looks like it's all made of one piece of wood. Yeah, that's what it's I made thought too. Sung wood, yeah. Yeah, I was like, dude, Loyal, that is cool. Fuck him, you know? Yeah. But I just I just feel bad for Loyal. And didn't they say too, I'm I'm trying to find it, didn't they say that um this this uh bed had been there for like hundreds of years or something? Yeah. I think he said at least a thousand because there's not been a tree singer who could do something like that in that, in that in that amount of time. Yeah, that so is th- super cool. I'd like to know the history of that bed. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, so Perrin could show Loyal a little appreciation for finding something so relevant to his interests. You know, he could play along with his friend a bit. But no. Yeah. I mean, it just like dumps on him. But meanwhile, Moraine <laughs> has an interesting moment. Um, the innkeeper mentions that there's a, some people are proclaiming the dragon in Gil- Gilden. Mm-hmm. And it says, like, she 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 freaks out about this. It really mm. scares her, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Did, did she think there was another false dragon? Or well, was she thinking maybe she had the wrong dragon? So I, re- I seem to recall that she said that after the true dragon proclaimed itself, the pattern would quit squirting up these false dragons. Because, <laughs> I mean, that was that was the thing. Like, because, it was the, because the pattern needed a dragon, there were all these, like... False dragons. False dragons popping up as a result. Mm-hmm. I, I believe she said something like that in uh, the first book or the second. I think it was the last book. Oh, okay. So um, the fact that Rand proclaimed himself, in theory, according to Moraine's thinking, should have prevented all these false dragons from popping up. So if it had been that, then it would have been either indicative of the fact that she has the wrong person or that maybe the pattern's like not happy with what's going on. That's right. my, my interpretation. That's worth being worried about. Yeah. And speaking of Moraine... Perrin, instead of going to sleep, uh, barges into Moraine's room and mm. sees her naked, apparently. I guess. I don't know. It's really <laughs> awkward. Yeah, it's super awkward. I, it, this is, I wonder, I was, t- I was trying to figure out why Robert Jordan wrote this scene. <laughs> I mean, I think we know why Robert Jordan wrote this scene, because he has, a, like, he, he inserts these random, like, things that he wants to happen, I suppose. <laughs> it feels like, you know? I mean, like, I, I, it didn't s- seem to serve a narrative purpose at all. Yeah, there's a fair amount of women getting naked. Yeah. Or guys getting made to be naked by women. or You know, like these weird, like, oh, it's uncomfortable because you saw me naked. It goes both ways, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it felt like a... It might be a, a characterization moment. You know, Perrin has, has stopped seeing Moraine as a person, and so he figures, I'm just going to walk into where... He thinks Moraine is standing there, fully clothed, staring at the wall or something. Well, I think he's, I think he says, "You're just always talking to Lan." I assume that you guys Which would just is be true. Yeah, every not... other time someone has knocked on her door, she's been in there talking to Lan. Yeah. yeah, in this particular case, she was naked and brushing her hair. Yeah, looking really sexy. Mm. I don't think he says that. He says something like that. <laughs> it just says his face is burning, and mm. she's and and the air smells good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Air smells good tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I said I fart smell good. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but Perrin was really toiling over this this lady who was checking him out. And I was just like, obviously she's checking you out, dude. But, you know. Yeah, that's what Moraine said. She's like, well, you know, you're a muscly dude, right? Some, some ladies like that. Yeah. yeah. Some girls admire a pair of shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which could be it, but... The pattern wouldn't weave that. <laughs> no. Yeah, so then Perrin heads off, and without even really thinking about it, he goes off to free the guy in the cage. That's not true. He does mm-hmm. think about it. He sits on his stool and stares off into space for, like, hours. Oh, yeah, I To the point that it's that. nighttime all of a sudden. Like, I, it's like, they make this point that Perrin likes to think, think, think things through, and he just sits in the chair 
And then before he knows it, it's nighttime. He's like just been staring off into space for like three hours. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be a little creepy if someone came in and he's just like staring, like no expression, just like staring off into space, just like in his room. Don't you himself. ever sit and think about things? I do, but for three hours? Yeah, it's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, as a result of his cogitation, he heads out and uh, frees the eye in the cage. And Perrin is so strong. <laughs> yeah. It took three men to lift the cage up there, and Perrin just does it by himself. Yeah, his let's lower it down. rippling muscles glistening in the nighttime. <laughs> I guess the moonlight or something. Yeah. So his name is Gaul, and he's one of the Aiel who have crossed the spine of the world, and they're looking for he who comes with the dawn. And Perrin's like, I know who that is. He's like, yeah, we're looking for him too. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we're like friend is. But, uh, and so they, they make instant friends. I think they have a real bro connection. It's really sweet. I think yeah. it's cute. I mean, he saved his parents saved his life, probably. Yeah. Hey, I mean, he's Aiel. He probably could have broken out of the cage himself. There was a nice practical moment where parents like, why aren't you getting up and running away? And he's like, I've been in there for two days. Yeah. <laughs> My legs don't work. <laughs> Give me a minute. And, uh, but they're interrupted because a bunch of white cloaks attack them out of kind of nowhere. And they kill them all. That's what white cloaks do, though. And this is great. This is, my, this is our first Aiel fight scene, I think, right? It yes. is. And it's badass. Yeah. yeah. It's the dance. <laughs> yeah, Gaul calmly lifted a dark cloth from his shoulders and wrapped it around his head, finishing with the thick black veil that hid his face except for his eyes. Do you like to dance, Paranaibara? he asked. With that, he darted away from the cage straight at the oncoming white cloaks. <laughs> He's unarmed. It's, He's just like... <laughs> yeah, it's great. He kicks a sword out of one of the guy's hands and then he takes he takes one out by the throat and then he breaks an arm. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, with his hands. And he doesn't use their swords either, even after disarming them. Yeah. Yeah, and we get that same thing again. I feel like Robert Jordan, frequently when somebody is really proficient at their weapon, he describes it as being like a dance, which mm-hmm. we get here too, even with Aiel. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, speaking of Robert Jordan's Vietnam service. Wait, uh, Robert Jordan was in Vietnam? Yeah, I heard that somewhere. Huh. <laughs> I heard that on a podcast I'm listening to. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that the fact that he was in Vietnam affects his writing at all? <laughs> But, okay, what did he see in Vietnam that led him to believe that combat was a dance? I think that that has nothing to do with that. I think Robert Jordan is really into, like, Asian culture. Okay, so, like... Martial arts. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking it is. Like, stylized? Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Lee? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, he he describes... We've talked about that before. Like, some of the words that he comes up with, they sound Asian. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So anyway, they kill them all. Uh, Perrin kills a couple, but mostly Gaul kills a whole bunch of them. Yeah, they were. Ha- they were ha- did they? Say- Do you remember if they said how many there were? It was like twenty or something, right? Yeah, a lot. Uh, so Isle are badass, and we learn after this from Gaul that the the fight he was captured in was actually twelve versus two, and his buddy died, and he's like, "Well, he's they, down. He's dead now. So I guess he's dumb." And they then they they it was an act like they stumbled into them. They weren't even prepared for it. Is essentially yeah, what happened, right? right. Mm-hmm. And we learn a little bit more about the Aiel. But for one, they're afraid of water. Yeah. It's like the only thing they're afraid of. Yeah, because it makes sense. They've never seen that much water. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like people from Kansas are terrified of water. That's true. That's a, that's a fact. Oklahoma. Yeah. Kansas, Kansasians. Waterlogged. Can, 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 Landlocked. Kansans? Yeah, Kansasians are terrified of water. Kansians. That's why they don't Kansans. bathe. Kansians? That's why the entire state, <laughs> the state of Kansas smells terrible. <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, they call Westerners wetlanders. Which, sure. you know, yeah. they, I mean, relatively speaking. 
And so uh, everything's cool. Perrin's just gonna totally like bogart his way back to the inn, except that girl saw them. She's been following him. <laughs> Oops. And then Lan comes in. And he's just like, dude. <laughs> he's like, yeah. oh my god, come dude. on, come on, man. <laughs> We've been here for like two hours. I just paid for our rooms. <laughs> <laughs> and you murdered everyone. <laughs> like, well, I guess we're leaving now. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, poor Lan. He's just like cleaning up this shit. So chapter thirty-five, the Falcon. I kind of waves. And poor, poor Loyal, he doesn't get to sleep in his tree sung bed. This is really sad. It is sad. This is the first time he's been around furniture that actually fits him in months and months and months. I mean, it feels like if you like take a kid to Disney World and you let them look at the rise and then you just like leave. (laughs) I felt really bad for him. That's it, kid. I just killed a bunch of cops. We gotta go. Yeah. Exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, we they get back and and at the end the the hunters are still telling their BS stories. Mm-hmm. These guys are fun. <laughs> I just think these guys are silly. Yeah. They round the they they round up the team and the team uh gathers in the stables and gets their horses and pays off the the stable hand to get their horses and by this time it's a well oiled machine. Because they do this all the time. Yeah. I want to point out one quick thing that, that about Lan. As they're talking, uh, Lan tells them to saddle the horses. He says, saddle them. His voice was soft as cold iron is soft. So not, not soft. soft. Exactly. Yeah. So not soft at all. I mean, what, that, what does that mean? What are we supposed to infer from that? We get another really good uh, simile, too, with the Ogier. Mm-hmm. The Ogier had managed to mute his voice. He sounded like a bumblebee, only the size of a dog instead of a horse. Oh. <laughs> yeah, some quality right in there, Lou. Yeah. So they sneak out. They pay their way onto a boat. And just as the boat is leaving, that girl jumps onto the boat, charges out, leaps across the water. And latches onto Perrin. Yeah. Yep, he's super got a stalker. Yeah. And, and he keeps looking at her like, I don't know if she's hot or not. <laughs> that's, that's a great point. Yeah. Every time he describes her, he's like, I can't decide if her nose is too big or not. Eh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and she smells good, so we know she's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So she is a hunter for the horn. And then <laughs> uh, she's actually, she's a lot smarter than those other hunters. The reason she's obsessed with Perrin is because she... Because they're a really weird traveling party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she figures out that Moraine's an Aes Sedai, and she knows that Lan's a warder, and she knows that Loyal's an Ogier, but she doesn't know who Perrin is. Why mm-hmm. would he be traveling with these people if he's just a normie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And she, she actually has this pretty interesting perspective, which is that whatever, whatever, whoever finds the horn is going to find it at the end of a crazy adventure, and you guys are having a crazy adventure, so I'm just going to follow you guys around. Good I enough mean, point. That's, I think that might be a little bit of a logical stretch. But she's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, she's. I mean, she's dead on, right? Yeah. She's this. She's really close to the horn. It is a little video gamey, though, right? Yeah. Like I can tell the character art on these people is a lot more distinctive. So I'm just gonna see what they're up to. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are not NPCs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, her previous plan was to go check out the legend of Lost Manetherin, and parents like, yeah, been there. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been there. This shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 Uh, I love this. She says her name is Mendar. (laughs) (laughs) Bless her heart. She probably put a whole lot of thought into that name, you know? It's a good name. It's a really good name. (laughs) It's a better name for a horn hunter than it is for a fucking horse. (laughs) Right. The parent laughs at She's got her whole knife thing. Like, it totally makes sense that her name would be Blades, right? (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, okay, listen, that's a cool name and all, but you can't have that name. You're going to be traveling with us because that's the horse's name. (laughs) 
Oh man, it's like it's like when you're doing character creation on an MMO, and then like someone's already got your name, so yeah, I guess she, he's gonna be like yeah, Mandarb sixty nine sixty nine four twenty or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice moment. So she she lets on that her real name is Zareen, but she immediately changes her name to File. What were you going to say? How are you going to say it? I've been saying it. Fail. Because that's what she is. She fails. <laughs> we're going to change your name to Fail. That's not a good name. Okay? Like, Mandar was way better. Fail, even if it means something cool, it still sounds like Fail. Well, it means Falcon. Yeah, but... That's pretty sweet. But Fail in their language means to not succeed, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, she should have just stuck with Mandar 69, 69, 420. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pussy Destroyer. <laughs> Mandar Pussy Destroyer num- number two. Because there's already... Yeah, so, and, uh, and Perrin, and I think she tells him that means the Falcon. And he's like, oh no, it's the Falcon from Ben's viewing. Right. Because mm-hmm. there's a Falcon and a hawk. Hawk. Yeah. And the, one of them's trying to put a leash on Perrin's neck. I don't remember which one. Yeah, I forgot. So, we got a new character. And, and Alice has been waiting this whole time for Fail to show up because Alice loves Fail. <laughs> yeah, Fail is Alice's favorite character. She, she really is, definitely. <laughs> I look forward to all the things that she does constantly. <laughs> <laughs> ah, she's fun. Come on, she makes daggers appear in her hands. Mm-hmm, she's We've already so got time cool. for that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So she's just stealing everyone else's show, you know? <laughs> she's trying to steal Mandarb's name. She's so full of herself. Full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter thirty-six. Daughter of the night. A uh, picture of what I'm just going to call the Landfear Moon. Yeah. Yeah. So Perrin finally sleeps because the the boat has outrun his wolf guardians that are preventing him from getting killed by the Forsaken in his sleep. But before yeah. that, oh, what happened? Loyal comes and tries to talk to him, and like Perrin shuts him the fuck down. Oh no! Loyal's like, I just want to, he wants he wants to talk about what's happened, and Perrin's just like, No, I'm tired. And just <laughs> I'm st- really starting to feel bad for Loyal. He's like, He's got to be lonely, right? Well, I he's mean, writing like, his book. He, he's researching his book, and he's scribbling, and that's he's got his thing. I guess so. I just I just feel bad for him. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe it's this very book that we're holding. Yeah. That's the book he wrote. Right. Whoa, they're Wait, in back again. Do you, do you think Robert Jordan is actually loyal? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I think he was ninety years old when he wrote these books. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. So yeah, Perrin's asleep, and uh, he has a nice dream. He did not un- outrun Hopper because Hopper's there, but he he outrun the other wolves that were on the shore or something. I guess it's a proximity thing. Yeah, but be. Hopper's dead, so he's just in his head. Yeah. And Hopper takes him around to a, a, a series of dreamlike vignettes. For one, uh, he meets Baalzaman meeting a whole bunch of dark friends. Spying uh, on some dark friends. Yeah, and he deletes a guy for letting Matt escape Tarvalon. Which kind of sucks to be that guy. Again, like, you know, working for a Balsamon does not seem to be a good thing. Right, yeah, like, yeah. that guy made one mistake and then he, like, vaporized his mind or something. He's like, that guy's never going to wake up. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, laughing about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> boss, yeah. So Balsamon then meets with Lanfear and they, they talk a whole bunch of trash to each other. And wait, wait, why would Selene, a Kyrian and librarian, <laughs> be here talking to Balzaman? It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> she must be having a bizarre dream. Yeah, yeah, that's, she's probably dreaming too, and she's just like, I don't know why I'm saying, saying these weird things. So does Perrin think of her as Selene, or does he just he think of her? He does not know that she's... He just thinks he's that she's that really pretty lady. Oh, that's a good point. I don't know if he... Did he ever meet Selene? I don't think he did. Because I, I, I feel like there was a moment... When 
No, no, I guess Celine. Del- no, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. There was there, so. there were some moments in Kyrie and when she was around with the people, right? With the horn no, hunters. because she ran away immediately before they showed up. Remember? Okay. Oh no, no, no! She ran away from the the town before they got to the city, and then Rand kept asking at the guard gate, "Have you seen my girlfriend?" Wasn't she around when they went to the Illuminators? Uh, yeah, she popped up yeah. again and like had a stupid adventure with Rand, and then disappeared again. Okay. So they, so no one's ever, no one besides Rand has seen her, except in their dreams. Except in their dreams. Except for Earl and, and, and Matt, Matt. Yeah, I she suppose. came and met Matt. Yeah. But they talk trash to each other, and this is interesting because she talks trash to Baalzaman, right? Yeah. And Baalzaman kind of talks about the Great Lord of the Dark as though it's not him. I, I couldn't tell if it was like he was talking about himself in like third person. It's a little vague, but he's like, "Are are you sure you don't serve? Are you sure you still serve the Great Lord?" And she's like, yeah, of course I do, but piss off, dude. Yeah. This is my domain. Why yeah. are you hanging out in my dreamlands? So this is weird. What's going on here? She, Yeah, I, I get the impression that she doesn't have a whole lot of loyalty to anyone but herself. Yeah, definitely. Except she says she serves the great lord. Sure. I mean, that's that's what you say to Balsamon, right? <laughs> so uh, Hopper leads Perrin away, and uh, Hopper drops some science about how all wolves alive or dead or unborn are here in the dream world and then he flies away. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, now I can now I can reach the sky. Whee! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can fly now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he does. He flies off into the sky and has gone. <laughs> <laughs> Good talk, Hopper. And then uh, then Perrin sees Rand just being crazy and fragging a bunch of shadow spawn and zapping Perrin himself. Yeah, he tries to call it a warning. He's like, look, there's some guys over there and Rand's like, there's something on your shirt. It's a lightning bolt. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So Perrin wakes and finally tells Moraine about his dreams. I, I literally wrote finally right here. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Get it together, dude. Yeah, this is this is like, I, when I read this, I was like, he's actually making the right decision about whether to talk about this? This is this is amazing. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't actually. Yeah. Um, so he yeah, tells so Moraine. She doesn't know anything. She doesn't help him. Yeah. It's a, you know, she's I, like... It made me kind of think, you know, maybe he shouldn't have told her, you know, after all that, fuck you. <laughs> well, she's like, you know, it, and there are women who would gentle you just based on what you said. But don't worry, I'm not going to gentle you. <laughs> There's totally women that would gentle you. <laughs> but I'm worried now. I'm yeah, not one right? of them, but, you know, some might just say it. Yeah, they're like, but gentling you wouldn't hurt you, but they might kill you trying to get you to gentle you. So, you know, no worries. Great. Yeah. Uh, did you, like? Did you notice that Perrin's been dropping a lot of blacksmith metaphors? <laughs> like, it's it feels like a new thing. Has this been happening all along, or is this like a recent addition? I think that he has amped it up in this book. Yeah, because there's there was one that like you know oh if you have a if you have bar metal you don't make a you know you make a knife or something like that and then you're, you're mixing your pot metal with your good steel or you know it's yeah there's been metal. a lot in this book actually yeah. yeah. Well, since we're not seeing the Amaralyn seat anymore with her fish metaphors, Robert Jordan's moved on to his blacksmithing metaphors. I want, that's what I'm, I'm wondering if someone gave him like the note that he should like try and characterize people by the way that they talk, and he's they just started giving everyone metaphors because yeah. they've all and got he, their own, right? And he's like, think about Fail's face, and he's like, maybe I'd hammer her like a smith hammers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my. <laughs> and yeah, this whole conversation is interesting because Moraine actually like is, smacks him down for being pushy. And I don't know. I think he's. I don't think he's being too pushy. I think she's just like stop this, questioning me. You're just a child. This, yeah, he's he's he's. These are some somewhat valid things that he's talking about here. You know. Yeah, yeah. He has a reason to be you know worked up about it. She does also tell him that Zarine, 
is a name for a heartbreaker. Yes. A beautiful woman. A Saldean name. Yeah. But also that, you know, it made more... He, he, but I think I think it's parent who says, well, that's probably why she didn't want to keep that name. As a, <laughs> yeah. As a yeah. I'd rather be Blade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we cut to... Uh, we get a little bit of uh, Crazy Rand. Yeah. And uh, this is a weird scene. It is entirely unclear to me whether or not he just killed a bunch of innocent people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they, uh, a merchant, uh, a fairly well-described merchant, shows up with her guards and is like, we're just going to share your fire, no big deal. And he's like, yeah, no big deal. And then he kills them all. Yeah. With a sword made of fire. Yep. Yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't think about why, he just does it. And he's like, i got to be really careful, i got to be really careful when I kill all these people. Yeah. I, 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 but then he lines them up with I, the power Lines them all up in kneeling form. Yeah, he picks them up with his with his with his telepathy and lines them up kneeling in front of him and says, "Yep, that's yeah. what you should be doing." With the faces dragon. facing him, the ones that still have faces. Yeah, right. and there's even weirder thing though. Um, I was wondering because it says he thought there were only ten men, but eleven men knelt in that line. So was one of them a gray man? I think that's it. The soulless yeah. was among I think them. the takeaway is that they had a a gray man there and that they were all dark friends. Yeah, unclear. I mean, would they have known if they had a solace with them? He's got to be eating, right? Do they eat? I mean, like, they're aren't they dead? They they have no soul. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's implied that they were all dark friends because they were traveling with a gray man. But that's certainly what Rand thought. But I did not get the impression. There was nothing to indicate to me that these were dark friends. Yeah, before and, he killed them. and the first thing he does is decapitate the one woman because she was the most dangerous. Yeah, I don't understand that either. Yeah, implying that she has the one power, but she wouldn't, right? I mean, like that's. Yeah, or she's the leader, or it's unclear. Yeah, yeah. we don't he know what He could just be crazy, here. and he could have just killed a whole bunch of people. I yeah. think that it is very possible he's going insane. And he could have counted them wrong. <laughs> That's also true. Yeah, we had no reason to think, though, that they were they were evil. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely had like a little bit of, like a little bit of, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chapter 37, Fires in Kyrian. The icon of the rising sun of Kyrian. So Team Egwene takes a boat past a bunch of burning towns in Kyrian. So this thing that Tom did really messed things up in Kyrian. That's kind of what he was saying when he was getting really drunk. Is like I guess that's why he was getting really drunk in a way. He mm-hmm. guilt or something over what's. I get, yeah, I didn't. I, the trickle down he effect. He killed of his... the king, and now it's just chaos and everywhere. Like that's a that's. Crazy. Isn't there a line of succession? Isn't there... What about Lord Bar... Oh, no, Barthanus is dead, too. Yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people who die in Kyrian, and in this particular instance, it seems like all the important people are dead. Yeah. yeah. But it seems to be hitting the villagers particularly hard, which is interesting. Like, this is something we haven't seen, I don't think, as much in uh, Robert Jordan's works, but you see it in George R. R. Martin's work, when there's, like, war, mm. like, villagers suffer, right, is the idea. Yeah. Uh, and this is... Got to be similar to what he saw in Vietnam, where, where the villagers really suffered. Yeah. So, Egwene also ring dreams about uh, Rand, Perrin, Matt, and Min, and a bunch of Forsaken. We get a lot of repetition here. She dreamed of Perrin with a wolf, and a falcon, and a hawk, and the falcon and the hawk fighting. Um, yeah, so we know everybody sees the same readout when they, they use their scanner on Perrin. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like a slightly different interpretation, but it's all the same shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we don't know who the hockey is yet. Yeah. Not Moraine, right? I don't know why you... Yeah, I don't know why a hawk would represent Moraine yeah, yet. Yeah, it hasn't before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be and someone we haven't met yet. So Elaine and Egwene feel bad about Kyrian burning. 
which uh, Egwene's like, why do you care? You guys used to fight wars with them. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, they're all a bunch of dead people. Yeah. <laughs> and we did feed him that one time. Well, I mean, like, we made him pay for the food, but still. <laughs> <laughs> and she dreamed about Matt not only with the dice spinning, but some being followed by a man who was not there. So I think that's he's a still great being man. hunted. Yeah, yeah. that's soulless. Oh, well, yeah. I think she figures that out later in the chapter, doesn't she? Uh, she, she? She hypothesizes as much. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but as they're traveling on the, the river, the ship runs aground on a shipwreck that wasn't there before because of the war. Right. And, uh, at Nynaeve's plan, they decide to land on the Kyrian side and just walk to the next town and get another boat. Could they not have used the one power to unstick this boat? I thought they were going to do that. Yeah. Like, why not? There's three of them. And I, granted, Nynaeve can only do it when she's angry, but still, I mean, like. She's Egwene, angry all the time. Yeah. yeah. She's she's often frustrated. And, and Elaine and Egwene, I mean, this doesn't seem like a hard thing to do with a little bit of one power, right? You got water there. You could use yeah. a water power to, like, erode away this. It's just a mud flat. Yeah. Right? I mean, maybe there's some rule, like, where you can't lift something that you're standing on. Like, some kind of paradox thing. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. You're right. They didn't even think of doing that. Yeah. They're like, nope, we're going to walk. Yeah. Yeah. Because, well, they need to get onto the shore for the next plot points to happen. Yeah. Apparently, Nynaeve and Egwene are fighting now. Yeah, they're struggling for dominance. Which, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, it seemed a little unnecessary to me. Like, what is the purpose of this? Is this to indicate that they that like there's there's always going to be infighting? I mean, like, they've, they've known each other for, like, their entire lives. And yeah. I get it that, you know, Nynaeve's not the wisdom anymore, but who cares? Yeah. Why yeah, does this matter? She, she's the one making decisions and... and Pushing things forward. Yeah, so far she seems to be doing a pretty good job of, like, getting them in the right place. I don't yeah. know why this is a thing. Yeah. But they, uh, as they walk down along the shore, they get surprised by an aisle. Chapter 38, Maidens of the Spear. So they, with an icon of a Wheel of Time. Which I feel like is maybe just, like, their clip art filler when they're not sure what to put. They just drop the, the <laughs> yeah. they've been using a lot these chapters. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So this aisle is named Avienta. And uh, she's super badass. Oh, yeah. Up to and including the rat tail that she has. Oh, my God. Totally. <laughs> so that 80s. Cool then and cool now. <laughs> I remember when I was little, I had a rat tail. I thought it was super badass. It was. Yeah. Objectively badass. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, she. the description makes her sound like Red Sonia to me. Yeah, I can see that. Who? Uh, you know, she's the like 80s. You a lot of 80s barbarian movies, have you? <laughs> uh, I've seen Barbarella. Uh, that is a science fiction movie. Yeah, it's okay. not a barbarian. Yeah. Okay. Despite then the name. Uh, Red Sonja, yeah, came around the same time as the Conan movies, and she's mm-hmm. a, a, like, a warrior woman. It's like Lady All Conan. Right. And in fact, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is in it as a, an unrelated barbarian. <laughs> he is, yeah, not Conan. Yeah. Just a Conan-esque character. Yeah, but anyway, she's got... This bright red hair and it's cut kind of short in like a like Wolverine kind of haircut, mm. except with a rat tail. And we know yeah. that she's quite lovely. Yeah, yeah, she's she's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be Rand's cousin. Huh. This is mm-hmm. oh, this is this is really amusing to me too. Um, because Egwene is a little nervous because Avienda is talking about we, and she looks around and she's like, oh, there's no place anybody could possibly hide here. And the next thing you know, there's like 10 Aiel that just come popping out from like <laughs> shrubs on the ground. Yeah. Aiel <laughs> yeah. are just like Velociraptors. It's not the ones you can see. It's the ones you can't <laughs> see that you should worry about. Yeah. So she's yeah, super badass. She doesn't have her weapons with her, but she asks the Aes Sedai for help healing. And she says, you guys look like you might be wise ones with a capital W. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so they they agree to help heal her friend, and they get a whole bunch of Aiel info on the way. That's kind of interesting. I, I, like, the structure of 
Ayo culture is something we haven't had a whole lot of mm-hmm. background on. They're very mysterious. Yeah, and yeah. Elaine's trying to fill us in because I guess I was part of her training for future queen. Yeah, but right. she's getting a lot she's of stuff a wrong. Sign major. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but she gets a lot of stuff wrong. She's like, "Oh, you're you're the maidens of the spear. You must not like men." And the women are really confused by that. I'm like, no, we, we love men. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. like men fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah we sometimes, sometimes we share, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> they get into that. The, the sister, spear sisters or something. Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't like men. It's just like, if you have a man, you have to share him with your spear sister. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but then there's like this, I put, there's this weird tension thing going on where one of them says she sounded as though she and the other one were sharing something between them and there's a lot of things that are not being said and I wrote oh good I've missed the tension from a bunch of ladies wanting the same dude (laughs) so yeah but Ren can't be either of ours yeah Yeah. it doesn't belong to any of us it belongs to the world (laughs) yeah uh, I I like learning about the Aiel yeah but I felt like there was this repeated thing they did where they don't understand each other's culture and they act like each other is crazy you know? Yeah. They're like, wow, that's that's a weird thing. Those people must be insane. But like, come on, these they're just from a different culture, right? They know that there are other cultures in the world. Mm-hmm. And they know that the Whitelanders do things very different than them. It shouldn't be a stretch, right? Yeah. Why why would they why would they be shocked and and think these people are crazy because of this? It's it's it's, it's yeah, I found it annoying how that happened over and over again. When like, you know, get over it, right? They're just different. Yeah, they said something wrong. That's because they don't they don't they don't get it. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah, yeah talk about it. Right. And so they meet a, a bunch more Aiel, uh, one of whom has been stabbed. And Nynaeve starts with her, her herb healing, which yeah. is like a herb and rage healing cocktail. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's like trying to hulk it up. She's like, Oh, this blade is so mean. Oh, yeah. you're tearing their bodies. Why would anyone do this to the woman? Okay, there we go. <laughs> no, no, that's, that was funny, actually. <laughs> They're like, she's getting mad. It's like, yeah, I know she needs she does that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how that works. Yeah. Rage and, healing. Yeah, and we get a bunch more IEL info, uh, and they they're in the waste because of like a sin that they don't know what it is, and they never fight Aes Sedai, and there's a whole bunch of rules for how they live. And uh and this it's all fairly interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, we've heard hints of this from another Aiel, I think. It was in when the hunt the horn hunters stumble across one in the mountains, and he says something along the same lines about about the betrayal of the or the Aiel failing Aes Sedai. And if they do it again, they're gonna be destroyed or something like that. Yeah. Which and even they don't know what that means. Right. Uh, so, but there's just this really rigid rules-based culture, and these people are totally scared of water. Uh, yeah. They're like, yeah. we saw somebody pulling themselves out into the water. It was the most horrible thing I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and and uh, I think it's Egwene mentions, oh, but you said you live by the Stone River. They're like, yeah, it's a river made of stones. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally a stone river. There's no water there. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, stones that make us harder. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Nynaeve heals up this these uh, Aiel and they've made friends. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Everyone's making friends with Aiel all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's it. I feel like these chapters have been getting uh more interesting. Yes. <laughs> I feel like there's more action and there's there's a little bit less of the like the filler yeah. lately. Mm-hmm. We finally established uh all the backstory and there's no more recap stuff. What and are we, like, two-thirds into the book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. We got there. We're moving yeah. forward. That's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 39 through 43 of The Dragon Reborn. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. 
And please share us with anybody you think will like this. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please give us your dollars on Patreon. Please like us in real life. We're super likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.